come to fight as three men. And three men you are. Back your bags, fellas. War's over. Oh, that's brilliant, Bumpkin. Reminds me, reminds me of the man, man. Oh, excellent. Uh, that's, Brian, that's Brian Seuss, by the way, in case you uh, have no idea who was there. Uh, handle and what the big stories that we're covering, the Thai soccer team has been found. And they're alive and they're well. Nobody tell them that they missed their match against Guatemala yeah. and they didn't go through. <laughs> Absolutely. That's Brian Seuss, by the way, uh, in case you haven't guessed. It was heard uh, here on uh, KFI Saturday night, 10 to midnight, Sunday, 8 to 10. And it is time for Tactical Tuesday with Brian. All right, Brian, we've got a lot to talk about. A uh, Newsweek headline says Donald Trump wants North Korea to denuclearize in a year, but experts say that's impossible. Let's start with, uh, are we getting closer to agreeing what denuclearization is vis-a-vis the United States and North Korea. Not even close. We're, we have been putting off this confrontation where someday Trump realizes that either his staff have been misleading him or guess what, Kim Jong-un has been misleading him. But our understanding of denuclearization, when we use it, and we're talking about CVID, which is, uh, which is confirmed, verifiable, irreversible dismantlement, not denuclearization, dismantlement, the North Koreans have absolutely no intention of anything even like that. How Nothing. Do we, how do we know that? Uh, because they continue to improve their enrichment facilities, their missile manufacturing facilities, and most importantly, their mobile launchers. Because the North Koreans don't have silos. We'd have attacked them 10 years ago if they had silos. Um, they, they don't launch them from their spaceport or anything like that. They launch them from mobile launchers, which is virtually impossible for us to defend against. Then they're making those on an assembly line like uh, like Tesla's, or actually more like Ford's. Um, and so that's how, if if they, there's one of two things. Either they are continuing full speed ahead with their nuclear program, which I believe, or secondly, Kim Jong-un's a good negotiator. You don't give anything up for free. That thing in Singapore, they signed something on a cocktail napkin. It, it means nothing. Hey, uh... In terms of uh, Trump's realization, if he's ever going to realize it, uh, and what you say pans out, and you're certainly not alone, and that is while the, quote, negotiations are going on, the North Koreans are going balls to the wall to increase their capability, increase their delivery systems, uh, increase the number of nuclear weapons. Is Trump going to be the last person on the planet to understand or admit that the the North Koreans are still full of nukes, or is it going to be uh, that he's uh, like he's the only person left that doesn't believe that uh, climate change is here? He's going to have to realize that he oversold what denuclearization means. By the end of the year, when Bolton said, "Oh, we have a plan for them to denuclearize in one year," they're going to change the meaning of of what that plan is. What it's going to be is that we're going to agree with the North Koreans that they can possess, and, the, and, and they'll, we'll have to verify, they'll agree to let us verify, that they can possess 25 ICBMs. They're not going to give up being a nuclear power. So they can have, <clears throat> it'll, we'll agree to some number, and then they'll also, we'll agree to allow them to have decoys, to have 200 decoys, and that will be denuclearization. So we're going to reverse engineer what denuclearization means. <clears throat> it's going to mean... The new meaning will be uh, denuclearize the brink, not remove nuclear weapons from North Korea because they'd be fools to do that, and they're not fools. Uh, but it'll be 
hold the peninsula off the brink. Right. And so by doing that, we'll say, okay, we'll agree, and you'll agree, and now you'll be a nuclear power. So will uh, Trump even look at it in terms of reality, or will he simply say, this is do nu- the, uh, we have removed all of the nukes, uh, there's no possibility of uh, North Korea, Kim Jong-un, actually bombing us? I no. Mean, is he going to go that crazy? He'll, we know how he works. We know his MO. He'll say, well, that was the deal all along. I, I said denuclearize. I meant agree to a number that they can keep. I never said denuclearize, get rid of their nukes. I never said, and then you'll reel out a year's worth of him saying denuclearize, remove all their nuclear weapons. But he will, he'll say, no, 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 I'm in the middle of my victory lap. We're going to agree to allow them to have 25 ICBMs. Uh, where do you uh, get all along, that was the... Uh, right away, where do, you, where do you get that figure? That's just, that, uh, I pulled oh, that right out of my ass. Okay, got it. Yeah, even though I'm wearing jeans. Uh, uh, but yeah. it'll be... We will have to acknowledge that they're a nuclear power, and they will possess some. And <clears throat> what they're going to give us is the right to inspect. And we're, we're going to say back to them, well, you know what we did with the Soviet Union? Because they're going to say, well, you guys let the Soviets for, for 47 years. Uh, you, you, were, uh, you had no problem with them. You never went to war with them. And we're going to say, well, we inspected them, and they inspected us. So the North Koreans are going to have to realize that the price of this huge concession, allowing this theocracy, this god king, to have nuclear weapons, is that we get to, or a third party is going to get to uh, inspect them, and that they can keep 25, that they just don't have to tell us where they are. Now, if Kim Jong-un uh, follows his normal course of events, are there still going to be dozens, if not more, hidden in uh, facilities that we'll never find out. That's a challenge, and he'll, he'll have to realize, if we have 25 and we get to hide them, why have 75? Let's just concentrate on what we get to do, and Agent Rodman will have his own lake here in North <laughs> Korea. All right. Uh, Turns out Dennis Rodman's two Korean guys in a Dennis Rodman suit. That's uh, hilarious. All right, we'll be back. Uh, something new that uh, I want to talk about, and that is Syrians at uh, the Israeli border. They're f- not not. Protesting, they're fleeing to the border. And I'll share that with you where Brian will jump in. KFI AM 640. All right, handle here on a uh, Tuesday, July 3rd. Tomorrow, of course, uh, the celebration in the United States. It's our Independence Day and the big stories that we're covering. I'll tell you, big day for the Thai soccer team, those kids. Uh, they have been found, and they are healthy, healthy. And uh, a lot is going on. Um, that's actually the biggest story. Uh, and then the Supreme Court interviews are going on, but that's that's a non-story because we know what's going to happen with uh, President Trump and Roe v. Wade. and how. Con- the only issue is how conservative... How far to Attila the Hun, his politics, is the new Supreme Court justice? All right, Brian Suits is back uh, with Tactical Tuesday. Brian, every uh, Saturday and Sunday here on KFI, Saturday 10 to midnight and Sunday 8 to 10. Filling in for Sherry and Gannon today. Oh, that's right. And I, last week, I, I forgot to say that you were filling in. Was it yesterday you were yeah. also filling in? Forgot to do that. I will do that today. Also, um, yeah, that's... Uh, so what are you going to do? Are you doing it for the rest of the week? I thought I'd do uh, Tactical Tuesday. I'm going to have me in, and uh, Will talk to me. Excellent. That's today. Yeah. And then I'll demonstrate power tools on the radio. That's wonderful. Well, well, no, well said. All right. Uh, something that's fairly new, and that is uh, the thousands of Assyrians are fleeing towards Israel's border. And we're not talking about uh, them uh, demonstrating, are we, much like the Palestinians? No, they're begging to get in. 
Please let us. And also, uh, part of the re, uh, part of the word is that uh, the, the Israelis treat refugees. They don't often get them at their border, uh, but in in this case, uh, Syrian Sunnis are in the southwest of uh, of Syria are finding that between Jordan, you know, a Sunni Arab country, uh, and Lebanon, a multi-sect country, uh, Israel is uh, a more desirable place to go. The Israelis are very generous to genuine refugees. The medical care is a world of difference between Syria and Israel or Jordan and Israel, uh, and it's it's uh, it's a better place to go. And the Israelis are, you know, they pat you down. You know, they don't let military-age men come in and, you know, by their by the fifties, you know, they 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 uh, they let families come in uh, because Israel is, you know, very cognizant of the fact that Israel is a nation literally of refugees, and so they're they're very good about that. So uh, we're talking, well, let me ask you this. Let me go the other way, and that is, are you talking about uh, Syrians want, coming in much like, the, um, uh, much like uh, the Central Americans where they want to live in Israel, make a life in Israel, become part of Israel if they can? They, if they are applying for <clears throat> refugee status, but at the moment they just want uh, to get, out, get away from the conflict, and, and many of them uh, will apply. You know, a lot of Syrian refugees are in Turkey with businesses, in Iraq with businesses. The Jordanians are a-holes to them. They feel like they're being d- disrupted by the Syrians because the Syrians are better at business than the Jordanians. And so uh, for the Syrians, uh, a lot of people don't know this, the Assad regime is extremely, than his dad, uh, the, the Assad regime is, is very, very tolerant of religious minorities because it's run by a religious minority, the Alawites. And so the Syrians know full well that they're good at business, and that uh, if they went to Israel, they'd be welcomed, uh, and they wouldn't they wouldn't be there questioning Israel's very uh, right to exist. They'd probably be opening up an iPhone repair shop. All right, uh, the border fence, uh, not the not the American border fence, but the rock the Iraqi border fence uh, going up. Let's talk about that for a moment. Walls don't work. Oh wait, unless of course they do. Uh, you can ask you can ask the East Germans whether walls work. The Iraqis, now that ISIS has been pushed out of Iraq, the Iraqis have said, time for a fence. So they're putting up a 21st century uh, fence with constant observation, UAVs overhead, but a fence, a physical barrier, a physical fence that indicates if someone's cutting it or whatever, it's under constant video surveillance, and they're going to they're gonna keep the ISIS out, and, every, and also the roof roof. And it, we're putting it up, American contractors are putting it up, it's going to work. The Iraqis understand better than anyone but the East Germans that, yeah, fences work. And so they're putting up a fence. Fences work. Well, it seems to work in certainly in Israel with the fence uh, separating parts of uh, Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. And that was, remember, all the people caterwauling about that. Of, oh, they're putting up a wall. Well, yeah, it's keeping the suicide bombers out. And suicide bomb incidences in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem have cratered. Have Pardon the... Uh, they they've uh, uh, virtually been eliminated since they've put up those concrete upside down capital T uh, walls. It, it turns out they work. Who's paying for the wall in Iraq? Is it our money? I no, it's their it's their money, which is kind of our money. But it's it's a lot of their money. But it's coming back to us uh, through, like I say, American contractors with Iraqi labor, uh, and it, it's it's expensive. But for the Iraqis, it's like well, not as expensive as an army full of homicidal madmen for three years, killing uh, 800,000 of your people. Yeah, well, let me ask about a 370-mile, give or take, border. 
Uh, is that a massive undertaking, or because it's only 370 miles, it's not the huge relative? I'm, I'm comparing It'll it be to done ours. like in six months. Oh, you know, it will be oh done yeah, because there's 100 crews, you know, building it from the middle out and the, and the end to the middle and, and all that. And plus, the other reason it works is because the Iraqis are going to have the Iraqi army on their side of the fence. You know, we can't do that. Our Constitution says we can't do that. But but uh, they they're going to treat individual illegal aliens or or armies of ISIS as enemies. So the Iraqis are going to have their army on the other side. So you can cut the fence if you want, but you're probably going to eat a bullet. Got it. All right, uh, Brian. Thank you. And uh, Brian filling in for uh, Gary and Shannon today. Also, do you know about the rest of the? I don't even know if they're here for the rest of the week. Is it vacation time for uh, Gary <coughs> yeah, and Shannon? Pretty much everybody. I'm, I'm filling in for you tomorrow. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh. Well, you're you're working this week. Aren't and I'm gonna you? have today. I'm gonna have congressional candidate Antonio Sabato Jr. on at some point between ten and two. You he, got it. He was an underwear model. I didn't know that. Sure, I didn't was. Know that. Neither of us were underwear <laughs> models. You know that. You that you know, don't you? All right.